0: Stop the run can't stop, the run can't stop, the rum. can't stop.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock, along with Colin Doyle, will get you caught up on a pair of Toronto Rock games from this past weekend, and also look forward to Friday night, uh, Jim Veltman, Jersey Retirement Night, also Fan Appreciation Night, and, of course, that means it is the Rock's final regular season home game uh, this Friday night. Obviously, again, if you've been paying attention, the Rock have clinched a playoff spot, folks. So... There still will be more games after um, the end of April. Sorry. <laughs> Jeez, we don't know if they're going to be at home or not, I guess, is where I was trying to kind of smoothly segue into that just developed into a long pause there. Uh, Doily, we'll welcome you in here. Uh, how are you doing today?
0: <laughs> Notice that long pause? <laughs> Radio etiquette. Ah, I-, I am good okay. today. Uh, you know, just still reeling from the weekend. Uh great week well it, an up and down weekend of lacrosse yeah. for those watching I took a little bit in but uh I'm well I'm well you know I remember this feeling when I played where on earth does the season go I feel like yeah. we were just sitting here getting started a week or so ago and here we are you know into the home stretch so incredible it's gone by so fast I think we're starting to get a bit of clarity and yet with this Toronto Rock team things seem to get foggier. So I'll let you take the lead here. We've got lots to catch up on as we head into the last few weeks of this season.
1: Well, let's talk about the great Friday night. Uh, phenomenal game, just generally speaking, but a massive win for the Toronto Rocks, something that, uh, you know, and I think maybe this goes to speak to, you don't want to say necessarily sometimes teams play down to their opponents, but, you know, let's face it, The with the Rock have played really well against the best teams in the league. They really have. They have all the games against the best team with the exception of the game in Georgia, maybe. Yeah, they later uh but other than that, the games against the top teams in the league this year have been
0: well, awesome to watch and That's because and, they're a top team.
1: Yeah, and but, and it's been great, but then I guess then we find
0: And then they're not a great
1: team. What happens when they play against, you know, what on paper anyways is a lesser opponent. Um Let's start with Friday. But yes, let's start with Friday and A game back and forth, you know, tied uh, seven times, I think, throughout the night. And in my uh, article that I wrote, I I kind of likened it to a bit of a prize fight with uh, two boxers kind of taking swings at each other. And just when you think one team's down on the mat, the other guy comes back, and it's back and forth and back and forth and back. And then we get to overtime, which was awesome. And uh, even just the final five minutes of that fourth quarter, I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better night of entertainment that, you know, kept going to the very final buzzer and beyond um but let's start with let's start with the offense and and what you thought up there i mean this again, let's start with buffalo okay all right let's start with let's Buffalo. let's start with buffalo okay you, you
0: had a long-winded sorry what you're saying there is this was a tremendous lacrosse it game Mike, and i couldn't phenomenal. agree more and i yeah. had a lot of people text me saying what a game and as much as i hate buffalo tip my cap what a great game it's fun yeah. when lacrosse is played like that, man. You're glued to your TV, glued, glued to your eyes on the play. Uh, Matt Vince was unbelievable for them, mm-hmm. and Dane Smith was unbelievable. Uh, Priolo was great. They, they really they, Those three played a tremendous game. Uh, they didn't get any secondary scoring, and that obviously hurt them big time. But uh, that is uh, attributed to our defense. Yeah. Who came to play. This is the defense that we remember seeing early in the year when we were raving about their one on one ability to shut players down. And aside from Dane Smith, who we really didn't have an answer for, you know, he used his size and his speed tremendous tremendously well and he was able to get to the net, you know, at his leisure or leisure. But other than him, we really defended these guys well. And and we were talking off air beforehand, a couple of names that come to that come to the forefront here on the defensive end of the ball were Toulet. Toulette. Toulette yep. and Mr. Brad Cree. Yeah. I, I thought uh, Toulette seemed to have the Evans matchup most of the night, and he ate him up. He really made him look super, super average, and it was impressive to watch. I was really my first time seeing him. I know you said he played early in the year. I don't really remember him, but he played particularly well, and I thought Brad Cree, Haas, Latrell, those guys again, you know, and all and all the same old names back there were monsters, and then Jay and Mags filled in real well. So... Uh, I thought they were very solid. They're going to have to figure out a way to stop Dane Smith, obviously, if they get that matchup in the playoffs. But, you know, a good game from Rosie, and that's your back end, and that's the defense that we've come to appreciate. You know, we got beat up pretty good on the draws, but that's to be expected. But all in all, defensively, we're solid. What's your take?
1: Well, I think even defensively, when you think about this team, they can still get even better. I mean, Sheldon Burns and Brock Sorensen didn't even play, and Brock Sorensen was, I think, having his best season as a Toronto Rock so far until he got injured uh a few weeks ago so there's still another gear i think that's available there um and i think overall like you say brad Cree, i thought early on had a few uh, few takeaways where he's the guy he's just stripping the ball going in winning the loose ball battle and i think something else that brad's added to his game a little bit is just you know he's the guy you know I, i'm leading the team in loose balls but also You know, he's picking up some assists. So he's starting to do some things in transition as well, which I think is a bit of a new wrinkle to his game, too. He's got a career high, I believe it's 12 assists now, which I think is double anything that he's had previously. So he's starting to do some different things, adding some different things to his game. And that's where I think, you know, he's a guy that should be entering the defender of the year conversation, but for whatever reason doesn't quite get that respect. Um, elsewhere outside of Toronto we'll say but I think it's time to really start thinking about him as a candidate for that award this year and uh, like you say Toulette I think you know after playing the first game of the year in Buffalo having a couple of moments that weren't the type of moments you're going to put on your resume but it was his first game in the NLL and I think he may have learned a lot from that game way back then and then has been back in the lineup over the last few weeks and has certainly asserted himself as a player that, you know, can defend in this league. And he does have experience playing against men, playing in the MLL in the summer for the Florida launch previously and being a regular there and being uh, kind of a fringe guy for Team Canada as well in the field game and and being at that level um, in the outdoor game. And it's pretty exciting, I think, to see what he may bring here. In the next year or two as a member of the Toronto Rock and what his ceiling is because I think over the last couple of weeks again like we've alluded to we're starting to get a little bit of a tease there that uh Mr. Toulette could in fact be a prime time player
0: yeah you know going back to Brad he's got that uh Kyle Rubish-esque one-handed strip almost down pat and like you said he's really putting the ball on the floor a lot this year We have some, you know, and we fall in love with the Toronto players because we're here, we're in this market, this is our follow, but if you're speaking defensively, some names on that list that ought to be considered for awards if they were handing them out, I I think Challen ought to have some consideration for MVP, Yep, and I think that Brad... And I think, you know, I don't think it's too far of a stretch to say Billy Hostrauser's had his best year by a landslide. And if you start to look at his numbers, I mean, look at his numbers on, on Friday night against the best team in the East. Uh, 13 loose balls and two cause turnovers. Like, th- this is, this is, we're well beyond the tough guy Billy Hostrauser. He's turned himself into a, an absolute machine out there. So... You know, defensively, I think this is where our bread and butter is. If we're going to win, if we're going to win this thing, I think it starts back there. It starts with Rosie being solid, but it it starts with our defense dictating pace. Little hiccup with Dane Smith. they got to figure that matchup out. I think we have guys to do it, and maybe the game plan looks slightly different. But, you know, Les Bartley used to say, like, let John Grant have seven. Just don't let anybody else get any. And if that's the way that it's going to be, some coaches buy, buy into that and say just don't let any of their perimeter or their fringe guys do it. And, you know, you kind of look at George in the same boat. Like, you know, you can't have everybody going for three, you yeah. know, but if Lyle goes for five and, and Stats and the rest of the crew has one or none, you know, you might have a shot. So everybody looks at that thing differently. I, I remember Les and Eddie Como used to believe into that. So I don't know what the game plan will be. But this is going to be a team we're going to have to beat again when it counts. And Dane Smith has given us some headaches. And he's a heck of a player. So we're going to have to figure that out. But I thought defensively we were solid. And, you know, moving to the offense, uh, what can you say about Robbie Hellyer? I think he's answered the bell here from those five quiet games. He's gone off. He's been a centerpiece of this offense. Well, Tommy's been struggling. And I think that the addition of Adam only made the team much more deadly. Uh, He looked really good. You know, I don't think he had a step back yet. I didn't see him going to the net a bunch, but he cashed in on his chances. The ball kept moving, and he was a threat. So well, and it. he
1: made that one pass to Lintner Yeah, on that goal kind of from his wrong side and just, like, I think had the defender kind of bite and then took it down low and dumped it to Lintner in the middle, and and Danny just, you know, he never wants to stay on his feet. No, but he got his what, 100th, <laughs> he point?
0: A 100th point. See, there you go. You were anyway, calling
1: for it. And you know what? We didn't even uh, – but there's a clip because we're sitting up there, and – I announced his goal and gave him the big Dan Lintner, right? And there's a close-up of him on the bench, and he's actually mouthing the goal announcement of his 100th point. It's kind of neat.
0: Um, I think, I thought anyway that, you know, I think that Tom's confidence is as good as gone. I hope he got some of it back Saturday, but I think this has been a stretch unlike any we've ever seen with him. And, you know, I don't think this team's going to win it without him going. So one way or another, hopefully nudging towards getting it back after his performance on Saturday, which was better, but not Schreiber-esque. So that was the only concern coming out of that game. But, you know, that's why you got teammates. And you look across the board, I thought Johnny Palace has had his best four-game stretch here. He's been been a treat to watch. He's been deadly on the power play. And I think – with, the, with him putting the ball in the net now, it just adds a whole layer to that. You know, everybody was good. So that's a team win, man, and that's what's going to take to beat the Bandits. Uh, I know that, I mean, we're going to see them again if, if yeah. we're going to take this run at it. So I hope we can only hope the game's as exciting. That was, uh, that was a lacrosse fan's dream.
1: Well, and I know you, you just mentioned you think Tom's confidence is, is gone. Well, I don't I, think I don't
0: it is. If, it's gone. I, I mean, I, this isn't up for debate.
1: I don't. <laughs> like I, anybody like watched it a little bit. I, I, mean, he's just, I mean, he's just—he's
0: yeah. settling for shots from the half boards and missing the net by six feet. He is, but I think Saturday night, maybe that changed a bit. But we're talking about Friday. Okay. <laughs> we're talking about practice.
1: All right. Well, then let's. So say, let's move to Saturday. Yes. <laughs> let's say uh, Friday night when I left.
0: When I left my TV, yep. whoever was there, I said, "His confidence is gone now." that's moved to Saturday.
1: Then I think Saturday maybe he came back a little bit. He he scored a couple of goals that were a little bit more Tom-esque, where he was getting to some places on the floor, I thought, to uh, make things happen, but I, I still think the way he's kind of started to challenge some defenders one-on-one and attack them with a lot of speed, I think we've seen that a little bit more recently, which has been a little bit different, where he's kind of squared up against guys, and he's had some chances, and he's just been purely just beating guys, um, either inside or outside, but um,
0: I didn't see uh, it I didn't see it I, I think he <laughs> scored some goals he was a little bit more involved
1: yeah, I, I thought everything from Tom on Saturday night was pretty good I think it's uh, a
0: step in the right direction yeah. I think there's no question there but I, again what, could, not to beat a dead horse here but the fact of the matter is, is he was unguardable yeah. when he is at his best he is unguardable and i can't remember the last time he's completely turned somebody inside out walked to the net and scored i can't remember honest to gosh i can't yeah. um so i don't know i don't know what it is but without his ability to make defenders miss those slides are less and less likely which breaks down to you know systems mm-hmm. and when robbie wasn't doing it he was easy to defend but now all of a sudden these last you know three four games boom he's he's got that step back he's beating people slides are coming and I think it opens up the rest of the offense. It's The same with Adam. When Adam's way out there past the dotted line, and he's catching and scoring. You know, it's unfortunate. It's frustrating, but teams have to adjust to that. You can't leave him out there, which opens up more on the right side. So all these things are interconnected. And I just it it pains me to watch it because I think I don't know Tommy that well. I don't know him as a player. We've had such a small sample of him, but I I know I know when Tommy's going and I know when he's not. And I feel like he's, he's certainly on the, on the lesser end of that now. And I, I, I can speak with almost certainty that it's because the confidence is shot. But, you know, he has to find a way to dig himself out of this. Hopefully Saturday was a good start. And, you know, we've got two games left here to get him going. And it just changes everything. I mean, they didn't even have him out there in overtime in the Buffalo game. He wasn't even on the floor. They went with Challen and Robbie in the three left. So it tells me everything I know I need to see right there. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they, so uh, let's let him work through this. Uh, I think he's got to be held accountable a little bit because we've held everybody else on this offense accountable when it's been their turn. I think it's his turn now to really step up and be a leader on that offense and and find a way. Because if he can get things going from the top of the power play, it opens everything up. If he can get things going one on one and in the pick and roll, he's unstoppable. Defenses they can't defend it. So that's what we're gonna need.
1: Now, let's talk a little bit more about Adam Jones and just how you see um, his effect on this team. When he's going, obviously, I mean, Jonesy is uh, he's unbelievable. But there's some things he, he does that I think sometimes just look pretty simple. You the know, when thing- he's just bumping off guys and, and getting that little bit of room to shoot. And I don't know. Is there another player? I don't think there's another play on the rock, but – how many other players are there in the league that I think have the same kind of respect that Jonesy does for just his shot? Because it's tricky or something. I don't know what it is, his release or whatever, but you just see it in games, defenders, even goaltenders sometimes. And when he scores goals, they don't... look You're like, oh, like...
0: He is so unassuming. He found unassuming. that
1: spot. Like, he, yeah. He's
0: so unassuming and almost like, for lack of a better word, he's so unimpressive with... But so good at the same time. But so good because he doesn't waste time. He doesn't waste space. He doesn't waste anything. He catches it. He gets a half an inch, and he lets like a simple overhand, three-quarter sidearm shot go. And it either goes far side hip or he drops it to the short side under the glove. But in essence, a goalie can't stop both spots. And seven out of ten times, they're in the (laughs) wrong spot. So he's doing something right. He's got such a deceptive shot. Uh, But the nice thing with Jones and something that I've certainly learned to appreciate over the years is – as soon as defenders jump on his outside shot, he has that one move to be able to get himself to the net. He can go underneath on that spin move and still burn a defender underneath. Defenders respect that enough that they're they're not super eager to get out on him and he, it makes him tough to defend. The ball doesn't sit in a stick, he doesn't turn it over a bunch. I think he's like I said, he he's unassuming, but he gets the job done and his shot and I think his I mean if if I watch Craig Dan Craig I think his skill set is so unbelievable but what he lacks is that that presence that Jones has the 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 veteran swagger he just Jones understands how to get things done and he's been getting things done his whole life you go back to what Matt Sawyer said about him in Orangeville arguably one of the best Northmen ever play he's a gamer he knows his limits he knows what he can do and what he can't do and he plays so well within it that he was sorely missed when we didn't have him and like I said he's going to be a big piece moving forward But he doesn't wow you he just gets it done and he draws penalties he does everything that i i think if if you're a young kid and you've got all the speed side strength and a great shot but you find yourself kind of treading water well i can't find a place to play i'm not putting up numbers jones just takes what he's good at and hones it and does it so well he's so good at that and he's a gamer and um what i like about him he's got great character and I, I don't know that anybody grows a beard quicker i just flat out i don't know that it's humanly possible it's uh Is it's what impresses me most about him the beard yeah okay. he's got a great shot but <laughs> that beard that beard so uh he's an unbelievable player and like i said that i think everybody can learn from that but you know it's it's important and what about amazing. even
1: like his ability to see the floor because that was something that was talked about before last season i think a lot by the coaches what was here's an underestimated part of Adams' game and then last year he comes in here and sets a career high with a, in with 52 assists and you know this year maybe the assist numbers aren't quite there but he's only played 10 games um
0: you have to separate. Do you think
1: that helped? Like, we're talking about how my – I guess what I'm trying to get to the bottom of is how Adam Jones makes everybody else around him better because I think that's in some way, shape, or form what we saw on Friday night.
0: He makes the offense click. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. You know, I, I don't I, ne- I don't look at passing ability through assists because, you know, I, ultimately if you're top three spot on the power play and you're playing with Schreiber and Hellier, you're going to put up 30-something assists in the power play just by standing there and moving the ball through your stick. You know, but he doesn't turn the ball over. And he makes really smart passes. He's a he's a gifted lacrosse player. He sees the floor. Uh, I think his passing skills are probably better than anybody gave him credit for. But I don't think that's his bread and butter. The offense can move through him consistently. It doesn't get caught up in him, and that makes him a good ball moving forward. If you ask me. But ultimately, his biggest asset is his ability to score goals and keep defenders honest. So that's my take on on him. And I think we you know we sorely missed him. And uh, you know. It's so good to have him back. Let's hope he was just out Saturday as a precaution and the injury's not back. And if that's the case, he's got three weeks here to put it together to make this offense dynamite again the way we know it can be.
1: Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if he does play on Friday night. I would think uh, my guess, with no insider knowledge on this, is that he probably would be in the lineup on Friday. But um, I think, you know, you can definitely bet he'll be in the lineup in what would it be almost three weeks when the rocket to uh vancouver on april 26th for the last game i think that's probably where we'll see a lineup that will resemble the team's best hopefully brock Sorensen and sheldon burns are both back by that point you know battling some uh nagging uh, lower body injuries right now that uh, have kept them out of the lineup and especially sheldon comes back in plays uh part of a game a couple of weeks ago basically and then goes back on the ir before this weekend and uh unavailable for both games so hopefully he's back soon i wouldn't expect him to be playing on friday i would think that the hope would be he'll be back by the end of the season but um so that lineup on saturday night in rochester did look a little bit different and we'll talk about the goaltending side of things because that's maybe one of the biggest uh storylines from that game As nick rose uh lets in 11 goals and then uh you know with to work out to? I guess about seven minutes left in the third quarter. He gets pulled. Riley Hutchcraft comes in, doesn't let in a goal, stops all 14 shots he, he faces, and full marks to Hutch for his performance, absolutely. But I also think that the team turned things up defensively and really didn't give Rochester much of a sniff after that. But as we talked off the air, he still made the saves he needed to make. So a good sign there that Hutch can come in and play some extended amount of time off the bench. Um, however, yeah, on I, the flip side of it there, we're going back-to-back back with Nick Rose. Not something we're going to encounter
0: in any way, shape, or form here the rest of the season. Contrary to what you thought, though, you thought more the better, right? I did, absolutely, yes. So it's interesting. I mean, Nick's Nick's had a good share of bad here the last little bit. Good on Hutch. I, I think Hutch is kind of, Hopefully, given the coaching staff some confidence in him, which is great moving forward. But ultimately, there's no goalie controversy in Toronto. If this team's going to win, it's going to be with Rosie and Net, And everybody knows that. So great job by Hutchie. Keep it going. He's earning his keep. And I think that's all going to be great in the long run for both this team and Hutch. But right now, you know, you got to figure out what's up with Rosie. And there isn't a lot of figuring out to do. I mean, he's either going to be on or not. And I think that's yeah. what gets concerning because, in a one game knockout, you don't get the luxury of a second chance. So uh, there's really nothing anybody can do. Uh, Rosie's got three weeks to put his game together and be at his best when it counts the most. And, you know, I've been the number one Rose supporter all, all year long and, you know, I don't want egg on my face, but I don't know that I'm as confident as I was before. But that being said, uh, he's got three weeks to prove it and i guess between uh, they missed their chance to get a home playoff game on saturday by laying a bit of an egg if you ask me um so really there's nothing to play for other than that third seed uh, i don't think if i am i wrong can they still there get still second is place? a chance they can get second place yep so you know i guess they continue to battle they got a great schedule they, they can take a series with new england here and then they've got vancouver and so they look after their business, to see where the chips lie. But I think they missed a really good opportunity to put some pressure on Buffalo because Buffalo hasn't had pressure on them all year. So they missed that. It's disappointing. But I think coming out of that game on Saturday, the biggest concern here, if any, is is Rosie. Yeah. And uh, you know, just their the team's inability to go out and jump on an opponent when when they could have really sent a message. Like I said, one step forward, two back. It just The whole weekend was kind of disappointing because of that game on Saturday. But it doesn't take away from what they did on Friday night against a great team. But there's no point in discussing it any further. They weren't great. They got beat by a team that they shouldn't have, in my opinion. And they lost a great opportunity, put some pressure on, on the second seed. All of it doesn't matter, yeah. I guess, from here on out.
1: And I think Friday might have been more than one step forward.
0: It would have been ten steps forward had they won Saturday. It, I, yes, I, I, it would I just, have been
1: a nice complimentary piece. But here's the thing: they've still got the opportunity here, and absolutely, they need help. They also need to win so to get that number two seed. They can't finish ahead of Georgia right now. Georgia is the only team that's clinched a home playoff game here in the East. So there is still a chance, and I think it is still you know a possibility. And it's and it's important. Look at how good Toronto. We're seven and one here at home, which makes Saturday all and that the more disappointing. One, yes, and the one loss was by a goal. We're you know a shot or a drop here, yeah. and some of those wins sure could have been exactly the same way. Could have gone the other way, but we're we're one shot maybe away from being eight and zero at home. So you,
0: you know, want that home game? You do want that. But home then you come up so with why, that I mean, effort. There's,
1: there's still something to play for here down the stretch, and while you do need some help, I I still think. Um, these last couple games are very important because also, you know, even if things don't roll your way with Buffalo losing a couple of games here over the last three weeks here, two games, but you still, that Vancouver game, as much as it may mean nothing in the standings, I think it's going to mean a ton because that could be the first time in quite some time we're seeing a full lineup together too to see what you're going into the playoffs with and how you're riding because... I, I still don't think. I mean, if everybody's back in that game, and then the team lays an egg, but potentially, I don't think. I don't know. I mean, you can speak to this, but
0: I can't I, see them laying an
1: egg in no, Vancouver. No, but I, like, I'm just saying you don't want to go into the playoffs no. with any question marks around any guys' health wise, performance wise, anything. You want to go in there and put.
0: Just don't let them off the hook for Saturday's effort. That's all I'm saying. We'll move forward. I'll I'm get not, over this because
1: I think in the first in the first part of that game they had some really good chances to score and didn't. And I think sometimes it gets overlooked a little bit when the offense isn't scoring, how much that just changes the, the flavor of the game and the, the pressure it puts on the defense and the goaltending. When, you know, with lacrosse being such a game of momentum sometimes, right, if your offense isn't doing anything to kind of change the momentum of the game, then you're now asking your defense to get every stop.
0: Georgia and doesn't give up opportunities. They don't miss opportunities like that to, to increase the gap. Saskatchewan never missed those opportunities. Yep. Now they have this year. So yep. like, if you want reasons to believe this is a championship caliber, caliber team, I think they missed one Saturday. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and really it's irrelevant now. We move forward, but I feel like there's been two or three opportunities this year where this team has been able to – had the opportunity to separate themselves and they didn't do it, and that concerns me. So it doesn't take anything away from the fact that potentially this team can go on a four-game run and win the championship. Yeah. But – they haven't given me the reason to think that yet because I just feel like they keep skipping opportunities. Signs of true championship teams—they don't pass up those opportunities. Georgia goes into Rochester Saturday and they beat them by twelve. You know, they yeah. do, they just take care of business. Yep. And so that's the difference. And and I don't even think Buffalo's at that level yet. I, I don't. I'm not convinced of that at all. Like I think Buffalo yeah. can be had. They don't have a lot of the signs of a true championship team. But they've won more games they're supposed to than we have. That's all. Yeah. But right now, it's anybody's ball game. I think we can beat anybody. But we just got to show more consistent signs of being great. So all these things we talked about today, whether it's Tom's confidence or Nick, all these things, they just have to be consistent and great. And I think we can both feel comfortable. We just haven't done it. We did it for eight games at the start of the year. We haven't yeah. done it since with any consistency. So I right. mean, here we are. Right? We, here we are. Here you know, we, are. <laughs> we got two games left to see what happens, and it's going to be super exciting. And man, they've they've made the games great for rock fans this year at home. Yeah, they sure have. It, it's been a real treat. So you know, it's been great lacrosse, and we have something here. We're just going to wait and see what it is.
1: All right. Okay, we're going to take a short break here, uh, regroup, and then we'll uh, chat about what's ahead this week, the game against uh, New England and all the other fun stuff that's going on this week, Fan Appreciation Night and uh, Jim Feltman Retirement, uh, Jersey Night. So we will uh, take a short breather here, and we will be back in a moment. Stick around. Now
0: I won't feel those heavy shoulders no more. My life got better, now I finally enjoy yes soul.
1: Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Colin Doyle wrapping this thing up, and uh, one day we're going to do the uh, podcast after dark. <laughs> <We> <laughs> but just, not really. It we just talked the, just for about an hour between about, yeah. sessions
0: here about you know uh, the craziest of things. But yeah, I told them one of these times just keep Owen sing-
1: Sound, Halton Hills, all yeah. kinds of stuff, chicken wings, beers,
0: all things, all I, the all best parts there, of lacrosse. You said it. You said it. <laughs>
1: Uh, so where do we want to go here? Obviously, a big game coming up Friday night against the the New England Black Wolves, a team that I think at times has shown that maybe they are potentially a top team in the East, and then at other times have shown they have not been, and that is maybe best reflected by their record so far this year, and they're standing in the East, and that they probably are maybe right around where they should be, although I think every team always thinks they should be a little bit better, including the Toronto Rock, we always think... Maybe we should be a little bit higher in the standings. Maybe there's one that slipped away somewhere along the lines. Maybe two. I think everybody's slotted
0: where they should be from yeah. what we've seen, to be completely so far, honest yep. with you. So this is – a. I mean, ultimately, this could be the battle for that 3-4 th- seed. Yep. And Toronto's got to win. I think there will be a chip on the shoulder with the Cree incident, obviously, a few weeks ago and Crawford. Uh, but I think that winning will win outright. And uh, the importance of this game at home and how good we've been – This is just, again, an opportunity for this team to show what they're made of and, you know, take that season series and put them in the rearview mirror. Set their sights on Buffalo at second place and let the chips fall where they may. So this is a big one for a lot of reasons. So, you know, I'm excited to see who shows up, like what kind of Toronto team shows up. And I think I'm even more curious to see what shows up from New England because, like you said, they've they've been a lot of different things this year. And then they go and absolutely hand one to San Diego this weekend. I think they had 13 goals at the half or something. So
1: Yeah, it was like 15-5 in the third yeah. quarter. Yeah, yeah, Their offense
0: can go off, yeah. uh, and their offense did go off in the last quarter and a bit uh, when we had them last down there. So we'll see. I mean, this is a, a – And they'll now have Joey Reseteritz in the lineup,
1: which they did not previously. That's right.
0: So it'll be a good test. Uh, you know, if I'm a bet man, I'm taking the rocket home. But – I'm just, again, not 100% confident with that. Um, let's just see what happens. Like I said, like I say every week, that's let's, let's have this discussion after the after the game. I don't know what to predict anymore, but we're at home. I like our chances, and it's a must-win for us. So being at home, and you mentioned obviously
1: um, February 24th was the last time these two teams played. It was in New England. There was the high hit from Callum, Callum Crawford on Brad Cree, and – We've seen, you know, some, you know, fans in the Leafs Islanders whole scenario recently where the Islander fans just get on Tavares, right? Every time. Do you think there's ever a time in the NLL where we're going to see a fan base? Because I feel like this would be it, right? That it is one of those situations where, you know, you've got, and we'll. You know, I guess compare this a lot to hockey here in this part of the conversation, but I know when you know when Pittsburgh goes into Philadelphia, big rivalry. Every time Sidney Crosby touches the puck, they're booing. They're chanting Crosby sucks on intermission or on um, on whistles on stoppages of play and whatnot. They have a little organ beat that they play, and the fans all answer Crosby sucks.
0: <laughs> well, Philly's cut her down pat. I mean, across the board, they always okay, have.
1: Yeah, but. You know, do you think there's ever a time in the NLL where we see that, where the fans are? Because, like, uh, sorry, back to what I was trying to say was: this is one of those times where you would think a team's fan base every time said player would touch Crawford. the ball, yes, would the fans would be booing?
0: No, I don't. I don't think we're but there think, yet. Yeah, I, well, I don't think. I think our fans are educated, but I, I, yeah. I think for the most part, all, all of our like most of what our fans know is what they see at the ACC. Yeah, because of the lack of exposure you know, with the game on TV. I I don't know that a lot of our fans would have even seen that game. I think there's a select group that would have been tuned in. Yeah. Uh, But, no, I don't think a lot of them even know that's happening because, you know, that storyline ultimately after that fell between Twitter, small amount of fans followed on Twitter, and then uh, ultimately between the PLPA and the league and those two players. And that's it. I think it's a mood point. I don't think anybody will know. It'd be like you said, it's a perfect opportunity for our fans to show they got Brad's back and and chime in. I just don't know that anybody's that aware, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, with the game being on T V, all of our games being on T V, that's something that, you know, our fan base could slowly start to pick up on and they could start to appreciate a, a rivalry and start to make one of their own, like you said. So no, the answer to your question, long winded answer is no, I don't see it. <laughs> I, I hope so. I it, think would it would be great. Neat. It would be so great for the Maybe you started right? up top.
1: That we pipe it, some, maybe pipe some booing into the yeah, into like the overlay arena? it or just like you could Crawford socks, you know. Say it with me, Rock City. <laughs> if I was there, Boo. I'd be. If I was,
0: if I was there, i will get the chance started. Okay, I'll tell yeah. you that. If you hear it, you know I'm up there. You know my section. That means I started it. Okay. I got crease back.
1: All right. <laughs> All right. So should I call you out on the mic and be like,
0: "All right, Doily." Let's hear ya. I'll have to go visit with Chopper down in Philly. See how you get these things going. Yeah, like I said, he knows. I believe
1: you. Paint your face, put a helmet on, and stand behind the.
0: Don't put it past me whatsoever. (laughs) I have done worse at rock games.
1: Stand behind the butt. (laughs) Let's
0: go. So yeah, I don't know. It'd be nice, but I think more importantly, there's a game to win here. I hope that I hope that it does get settled. I hope that we win the game. We'll move on.
1: All right um from there of course friday night we've got uh jim veltman retirement uh jersey retirement yep prior to the game and uh you know honoring a rock legend a guy who was uh, the first captain of this team five championships here pretty incredible that he won eight championships overall with the three in buffalo um you know five championships in toronto first captain of this team uh, he'll be the third player to have his jersey retired by the Toronto Rock, with Bob Watson and yourself being number one, numbers one and 2
0: Mm-hmm. It's going to be a big night. Jimmy's earned his position with the uh, the history of this franchise. I think the fans will be excited to kind of send him home.
1: Yeah, and I think it's something that the fans have wanted for a long time, and and this is a night that we hope that. Uh, those fans who, uh, you know, have been very vocal in, in recent years about uh, the team, you know, retiring Jim's number 32, that hopefully they come out and support this uh, on Friday night. And it is the last regular season home game of the year. We should mention to season ticket holders who got a email this week that this is your last chance to use... Your regular season Bring a Friend vouchers. Does that mean it's Autograph Night after? It means featuring all-time great Colin Doyle. No. No. (laughs) No. No, no, not unless you go see him in section whatever. That will be the beginning and end of Autograph Night with Colin Doyle.
0: That is correct. Autograph Night. Okay, good. We'll expand on this later, Mike and I. Why, this is why, an insight. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, we you, we
1: did talk about it on the podcast a few weeks ago how much you loved autograph. I, night. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You loved
0: it. Yeah. Totally facetious on that one, but yeah. <laughs> autograph night was something. Anyway. It is good on. for the
1: fans. Anyways, fans love it's it. It's the best we, for the fans. We've got uh, it'll be on the concourse. Uh, it won't be uh, on the floor, but it'll be on the concourse like it was last year, and fans could line up after the game.
0: And Do you remember, we used to be able to have beers during that time. <laughs> you probably don't remember that. I think that was I think pre, you were the one that put a, pre, put a stop to pre
1: it. Pre-me, I think.
0: You know, you sit with Laddie. <laughs> Laddie's always squaring there. things up down there. You're always good with the big dog. And, and it made you guys the l-
1: just got refreshed after the game. Yeah. With a couple of pints. And then I
0: remember, like, sometime but around s- the time where you started taking control of this thing, I think uh, that ended. I don't think so. I'm not pointing fingers, but. I don't but
1: think so. I think that was... Well, it was I feel like perhaps the building may have said you guys can't be cracking pints while the fans are here and we're not serving alcohol anymore and
0: yeah it's a gray area <laughs> it's a gray area <laughs> that perhaps was exploited previously
1: <laughs> that was black and white to some guys <laughs> um but was, yeah you might have been able to do some serious work there because that autograph session was an hour and a half
0: oh you get a uh, Sometimes you wouldn't even shower up, you just walk right to the post game out of the concourse there. Where you go? Go back Might and get the well. bags later.
1: Well oiled, let's go.
0: Yeah, hour and a half, two hours <laughs> later, you're ready to go and hit the up. Have two for the show rocking out in there.
1: Two for the show.
0: Remember wow. those days? Yeah, I remember.
1: <laughs> I remember what was the there was another band that for one Rust. year I feel like Rust. Yeah, Rust, the early days. It's funny. The guys who uh, work for our marketing uh, media buying agency that we use here, they're big fans of Rust, I think. Rust
0: is still around? I don't know. Oh, okay.
1: But I just remember there was Sister Satellite. Was a band that one year I can't remember what year it was—the early 2000s—and they were they seemed to be it rotated sometimes I think for a little bit like two for the show wasn't there all the time one year or something hmm. and I remember sister said they played this one song every game, and it was brutal, but it was fun. It just added to kind of the whole event, you know what I mean? It was things you would come to expect at the rock game, and
0: it was uh, it was fun. It was Down fun. memory lane, are we now? Yeah. Beers at the autograph line, talking about two for the show. Yeah, it was. Uh, those were the days.
1: I think two for the show played at uh, somebody's wedding here. Really? Yeah, I think so. I think I heard that. I wasn't around when that wedding took place.
0: Well, if but- I if I understood the relation, I, I think somebody from our ownership group was friends with two for the show. I think there was a relationship there, so they were probably. And
1: one of the guys had a daughter. Was she in DeGrassi on DeGrassi? Well, or something? I wouldn't know. I did. because I remember when I first started, she came back and sang the anthem. I can't remember really? her name.
0: No, I don't remember that.
1: One of the first couple of years I was here, she sung, but I was. Pre- I think she had been on DeGrassi. Wasn't
0: Drake on DeGrassi?
1: Drizzy was on DeGrassi. Yeah. yeah. Your favorite again? All of your yeah. favorites are circling back. All my favorites. Today. You were like, no, in the dressing room before the game, guys, we only listened to Drake.
0: I would have quit a lot earlier. If they wanted me out, if they wanted me out. Is
1: that what happened? The Drake content kind of started to go up, I feel like. No, I told you what would happen. 2015. I, I
0: addressed the music with Rosie as uncomfortable as it was. I said, as long as I'm here, you're not handling the music. Because it was. Ba- it got to a point it was so bad, and like I let it go because I said, oh, I, I'm 30-something years old. I don't want to be handling the music, but we, we can't have poor decision after poor decision here, so. I remember me and Chappie and shooting all the old we took it back one day we put it lying in the sand rosie was none too happy about it
1: i just remember still one of my best memories was in rochester uh it would have been 2015 or 2016 i guess and you were you're were singing drake in the hallway real quick <laughs> <laughs> You and JL, I think we're both singing. I can remember. <laughs> it's funny you bring it. that up. I was dying. I was like, "Oh man!" But I could tell you were, you know, you were kind of pulling your arm guards in the hallway. And you're like, "Real quick." <laughs> <And I was laughs> like, you hate this so much.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Not that this is relevant at all, but I have this. I have this weird memory of me and JL. Like we used to have these really weird conversations <laughs> yeah. in the hallway in Rochester, and I can remember it was like two minutes before like one of the games, like a semifinal game, and. We were talking about different ways to get to Owen Sound from, our, from uh, <laughs> of Fergus. Course. <laughs> of course, He goes, have you ever taken <laughs> – I remember going to that, sitting on the bench going, why in the hell were we just talking about that? Like <laughs> It was really funny. I wonder if JL remembers that. I wonder if JL listens to the podcast. He might. I, JL, it would be, be fun to have him as a guest, wouldn't it?
1: It would. I haven't talked to him since uh, January there, December, January.
0: Maybe we get his take on this year's version of The Rock. Yeah. Hey, we, I'm sure he would be willing. I'm, to, I'm sure he to would
1: throw a uh, throw a take or two our way.
0: He was always good for a take. We'll have to reach yeah. out, JL. If you're a fan, we got to hear from you here.
1: He coached. I mean, when he coached in the OHL too, he coached some good players. Bertuzzi, mm-hmm. Jeff O'Neill, the O Dog. Yeah, he had some. Where in uh, Guelph? He had all those yeah, good... in Guelph. Bertuzzi's
0: yeah. boy was a, a lacrosse player. I think he's playing in the red for the Red Wings now. I think I remember him being a lacrosse player. I think I had him in a camp somewhere.
1: Tyler Bertuzzi, the one—is is that his kid or his I, nephew?
0: That's his nephew, but he's got. Oh, maybe it is his nephew, but then he's got a boy that's close too. I think. Really? Well, we'll do our research.
1: <laughs> one day we'll do research.
0: <laughs> if I have to do research, I'm not going to show up <laughs> yeah, anymore. Okay. Anyway, um, we need to win this weekend. Yeah. They. We need to get a good taste in our mouth for the next couple. So here's to seeing you next week and seeing what what kind of version we got of the rock.
1: I love it. This is Doiley's way of wrapping up the podcast and me not bringing up anything else.
0: Well, I'm sure you've got some more <laughs> stuff. But I'm too. I'm I'm done. We're this done. This is
1: kind of my part of my day. I truly enjoy Doiley. <laughs> well, but, I appreciate that. You know, among other things, I don't want to say there's other things, but this is a good reprieve.
0: It's been an interesting year. Yeah. And and yet we're. 16 games in, we still have no idea what we've got. Look at us as experts, eh? Well,
1: now I go back to what I said a few weeks ago on the podcast. You shot me down. I'm thankful again that we have this opportunity here to still make some hay at the end of the season. And Pete Bowers walking by, head statistician for the Trauma Rock.
0: Pete used to throw me a bone or two, I know, on the loose ball stats. I never did. (laughs) I thank him every time I see him. I can remember, Petey, seven loose balls tonight. I can remember one. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, they're juicing up those dudes' <laughs> ball stats. Well, you know, and we should say there's a few people in the office
1: becoming huge fans of the podcast, and head statistician is one of them, and he carves out some time Wednesday afternoons.
0: If we got to give the listen to the pop. year one podcast fan of the year, are we going with Pete Bowers? Or are we going with Hutch's old man?
1: Oh, that could be a Twitter poll. <laughs>
0: <laughs> although no one
1: would know what we're talking about. Well, they would get two votes. We'd yeah. both have to vote for one of them.
0: <laughs> hmm.
1: Or Pete would vote for one. <laughs> Hutch, yeah. will be the tie. <laughs> It'd breakers. be a tie, 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, yeah, we're going to wrap this thing up. Don't forget, get your tickets for Friday night's game. It is Fan Appreciation Night. It is the Rocks' final regular season home game. And as we have talked about here, there are different scenarios that exist that – You know, This could be the Rock's last home game until the NLL Championship, should the Rock make it there, because in a two-out-of-three series, obviously the Rock would host at least one game in that uh, series, depending on how long it goes, but the Rock would get at least one home game. But right now there is a chance if you finish in the three or four hole, you may not be home until then. So make sure you get out this Friday night to watch the Rock. Could be your last chance to watch them for quite a little while here. About six weeks, probably, if, uh, you know, the Rock end up third or fourth and make it to the championship, it'll be three or four – or, sorry, five or six weeks before the team is back home again. So,
0: And all the young lacrosse players out there enjoy this time of year. This is the best. Snow's melted, rinks are open. You start to get in with your teammates, get the trial process going. Vividly remember this being the best time of the year. Transition from lacrosse to hockey wasn't near as much fun. This was the best. So, enjoy it. It means lacrosse season is around the corner.
1: Excited to get out there with the kids and play some field lacrosse in the mud, in the rain?
0: We never did field lacrosse. We just ran right into it like we didn't have yeah, field lacrosse. Yeah, but now you've got. Oh, yeah. Now you know. I got the girls. Yeah. Yeah, we were out in the mud there last night. Yeah. Toughen them up. It'll really? toughen them up. It's all, the best all time the of muni-
1: year. All the municipalities are good with everybody being on the fields?
0: I don't know if we told anybody. So, okay, hopefully, nobody well. from the city of Owen Sound's a podcast fan. <laughs>
1: You'll be talking about it at Shorty's this week. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Shorty's. Yeah, I'll be going
0: to the bar Friday night. We'll talk about everything rock-related. I'll get all caught up to speed, and I'll fill you in. You're unit.
1: going to the bar Friday night? We play Friday night. Aren't you coming to the game Friday night?
0: I'm not going to the game this week. I can't. I'm out I of town. I thought you were. I thought no. this
1: was the... We have 500 night. kids going yeah. from Own Sound. I but don't think I'm going to
0: be able to make it. I was trying. I just don't think it's going to happen. So, But we do have a big contingency going from my daughter's dancing at halftime. She's got her hip-hop dance from her dance group. So my oldest really? daughter's dancing at half. I really want to be there, but you know, I don't think I can this week. So I'll have to just...
1: Are they dancing to a...
0: Cardi B. Drake number? Oh, yeah. No, I Cardi I B. I have that music. Yeah. yeah. You get it tuned up right.
1: Yeah. Well, I just give it to the audio guy. <laughs> I don't tune anything up. But I was thinking maybe they might have been.
0: Oh, I'm know, sure she, she does. She might have
1: chose dear old dad's favorite hip-hop artist. of the. I think she likes Drake. Group. She doesn't
0: have my taste in music at oh. all. She yeah. doesn't, like, you know, she. yeah, what are you going to do? But all right. Hip-hop's a different animal. If I'm going to be a fan of my daughter dancing, I'm going to have to get used to some of these jams. That's life, Mike.
1: This is officially the longest closing of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were done 10 minutes ago. I'm looking at the clock tipping. Look, I'm out of here. I'm
0: physically leaving. Okay. So right. see ya.
1: Okay, so that's it. Uh, that's all. Don't forget, get your tickets. Make sure you are in your seats by 7. 15 p.m. on Friday night to make sure you don't miss any of the pregame ceremony where the Toronto Rock will retire the number 32 worn by all-time great NLL Hall of Famer Toronto Rock Hall of Famer Jim Feldman so in the meantime and in between time for Colin Doyle I am Mike Hancock saying we'll see you Friday and we'll chat next week